What's up? It's your girl here, Maya Sanita, and welcome to the Refine Nation Station. Hey, listen, my mission is to inspire others as they are refined in Christ. Stay tuned. Let's have a great time. Yeah. What's up, Refine Nationers? Welcome back to the Refine Nation Station, the podcast. So just in case you're just catching up with us, or maybe it's just your first time listening to the podcast, we are in the process of doing a 21-day fast in our Make Move series. So I pray that you're still pressing forward and fasting and even pushing yourself more than you had done before. I also encourage you, if you have not yet started the fast, to go ahead and pray about how you can begin fasting as well. I have to admit, it's a bit of a challenge. Like, is it just me or is it social media showing way more food reviews than they normally do? The temptation of it all. I definitely have had to lessen the time I spend on those platforms. I know that by fasting, I can expect God to do the exceeding things in my life and in your life too, right? Mm -hmm. I am believing that there is a breakthrough on the other side of this fast. Remember, Refining some things only come through prayer and fasting. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and make moves with our scripture reading. Today, we're reading Daniel chapters 7 through 9. And as we continue to read through these chapters, I pray that your spirit will be continually fed and we will continue to submit our flesh to the Lord. Also, just be aware that we're reading the New Living Translation only because it's a little bit easier for all of us to follow. Next week, we'll be in the finale of the Make Move series and be reading Daniel's chapter 10 through 12. So let's go. Daniel chapter 7. Earlier, during this first year of King Belshazzar's reign in Babylon, Daniel had a dream and saw visions as he laid in his bed. He wrote down the dream and this is what he saw. In my vision that night, I, Daniel, saw a great churning the surface of a great sea with strong winds blowing from every direction. The four huge beasts came out of the water, each different from the others. The first beast was like a lion with eagle's wings. As I watched, its wings were pulled off and it was left standing with its two hind feet on the ground like a human being. And it was given a human's mind. Then I saw a second beast, and it looked like a bear. It was rearing up on one side, and it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And I heard a voice saying to it, Get up, devour the flesh of many people. Then the third of these strange beasts appeared, and it looked like a leopard. It had four bird wings on its back, and it had four heads. Great authority was given to this beast. Then in my vision that night, I saw four beasts terrifying, dreadful, and very strong. It devoured and crushed its victims with huge iron teeth and trampled their remains beneath its feet. It was different from any other beast and it had 10 horns. As I was looking at its horns, suddenly small horns appeared from them. Three of the first horns were torn out by the roots to make room for it. This little horn had eyes like a human, eyes and mouth that was boasting arrogantly. I watched as its thrones were put in place and the one ancient one sat down to judge. His clothing was as white as snow 
his hair like purest wool. He sat on a fiery throne with his wheels of blazing fire, and a river of fire was pouring out, flowing from his presence. Millions of angels ministered to him. Many millions stood to attend him. Then the court began its session, and the books were open. But before we get further into the book of Daniel, go ahead and follow the podcast. Be sure to share it with a friend or two. Also, be sure to rate the podcast. No, really, rate the podcast. Thanks, as we go ahead and continue forward. Daniel chapter 7, verse 11. I continued to watch because I could hear the little horn's boastful speech. I kept watching until the fourth beast was killed and its body was destroyed by fire. The three beasts had their authority taken from them, but they were allowed to live a while longer. As my vision continued that night, I saw someone like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient one and was led into his presence. He was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that people of every race in every nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal. It will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. Pause. We definitely know we're talking about Jesus, right? All right, let's go forward. Daniel chapter seven. The vision is explained. Verse number 15. I, Daniel, was troubled by all I had seen, and my vision terrified me. So I approached one of those standing beside the throne and asked him what it all meant. He explained it to me like this. Here we go. These four huge beasts represent the kingdoms that will arise from the earth. But in the end, the holy people of the Most High will be given the kingdom, and they will rule forever and ever. Pause. Y'all better say amen. This is really powerful. Let's go ahead and continue on. Verse number 19. Then I wanted to know the true meaning of the fourth beast, the one so different from any others and so terrifying. It had devoured and crushed its victims with iron teeth and bronze claws, trampling their remains beneath its feet. I also asked about the 10 horns of the fourth beast head and the little horn that came up afterwards and destroyed three of the other horns. This horn had some greater than the others and it had human eyes and a mouth that was boasting arrogantly. As I watched this horn was waging war against God's holy people and was defeating them until the ancient one, the most high came and judged in favor of his holy people. Then the time arrived for the holy people to be taken to the kingdom. Then he said to me, this fourth beast is the fourth world power that will rule the earth. It will be different from all the others. It will devour the whole world, trampling and crushing everything in its path. Its 10 horns are 10 kings who rule that empire. The other king will arise different from the other 10 who will subdue three of them. He will defy the most high and oppress the holy people of the most high. He will try to change their sacred festivals and laws and they will be placed under his control for a time, times, and half a time. Verse 26, but then the court will pass judgment and all power and all his power will be taken away and completely destroyed. Then the sovereignty power and greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven will be given to the holy people of the most high. His kingdom will last forever and ever and all rulers will serve and obey him. Pause. Wait, I just want to say this real quick. Listen, 
I hear all the time people talking about how the New Testament and the Old Testament um, are different and they don't match and they don't coincide with each other. Listen, this verse right here or these verses that we just read absolutely tells that that's a false statement. Why? Because in the Old Testament, Daniel chapter seven, it talks about how Jesus will come. The problem that we have with so many people who think they understand the word of God is that God has not yet given them the revelation of a thing. And because they have no revelation, they actually have no understanding of what the Bible is saying. In these chapters that we read, even here, it talks about how Daniel has seen a vision from God, talks about how Jesus will come back. He is the most high, talks about how the kingdom will stand forever and ever. And this right here proves that the New Testament also, and there's many other chapters within the Old Testament that proves that the same Jesus of the New Testament is the same Jesus that they're talking about even here in Daniel chapter seven. All right, so let's go. But the court will pass judgment and the power will be taken away completely. The sovereignty, power, and greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven will be given to the holy people of the most high. His kingdom will last forever and his rulers will serve and obey him. Verse number 28, that was the end of my vision. I, Daniel, was terrified by the thoughts and my face was pale with fear, but I kept these things to myself. Wow. Daniel chapter eight, Daniel's vision of a ram and goat. Verse chapter one, during the third year of King Belshazzar's reign, I, Daniel, saw another vision following the one that had already appeared to me. In this vision, I was at the fortress of Susa in the province of Elam, standing beside the Ulai River. As I looked up, I saw a ram with two long horns standing beside the river. One of the horns was longer than the other, even though it had grown later than the other one. The ram butted everything out of its way to the west, to the north, to the south, and no one could stand against him or help his victims. He did as he pleased and became very great. While I was watching, suddenly a male goat appeared from the west, crossing the land so swiftly that he didn't even touch the ground. This goat, which had one very large horn between its eyes, headed towards the two-horned ram that had been standing beside the river, rushing at him in a rage. The goat charged furiously at him and stuck him, breaking off both his horns. Now, the ram was helpless and the goat knocked him down and trampled him. No one could rescue the ram from the goat's power. The goat became very powerful, but at the height of his power, his large horn was broken off. In the large horn's place grew four prominent horns pointing the four directions of the earth. Then from one of the prominent horns came a small horn whose power grew very great. It extended towards the south and the east and towards the glorious land of Israel. Its power reached to the heavens where it attacked the heavenly army, throwing some of the heavenly beings and some of the stars to the ground and trampling them. It even challenged the commander of heaven's army by canceling the daily sacrifices offered to him and by destroying the temple. The army of heaven was restrained from responding to this rebellion. So the daily sacrifice was halted and truth was overthrown. The horn succeeded in everything it did. Then I heard two holy ones talking to each other. One of them asked, how long will these events of this vision last? How long will the rebellion that causes discretion stop this daily sacrificing? How long will the temple of heaven's army be trampled on? The other replied, it will take 2,300 
pleasure evenings and mornings, then the temple will be made right again. Verse number 15, Gabriel explains the vision. As I, Daniel, was trying to understand the meaning of this vision, someone who looked like a man stood in front of me, and I heard a human's voice calling out from the Uli River. Gabriel, tell this man the meaning of this vision. And Gabriel approached the place where I was standing. I became so terrified that I fell with my face to the ground. Son of man, he said, you must understand that the events you have seen in your vision relate to the time of the end. Verse number 18. While he was speaking, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. But Gabriel roused me with a touch and helped me to my feet. Then he said, I am here to tell you what happened later in the time of wrath. What you have seen pertains to the very end of time. The two horned rams represent the king of Media and Persia. The shaggy male goat represents the king of Greece and the large horn between the eyes represents the first king of the Greek empire. The four prominent horns that placed the large horn show that the Greek empire will break into four kingdoms, but none as great at the end of their rule. When their sin is at its height, a fierce king, a master of intrigue will rise to power. He will become very strong, but not by his own power. He will cause a shocking amount of destruction and succeed in everything he does. He will destroy power leaders and devastate his holy people. He will be a master of deception and will become arrogant. He will destroy many without warning. He will even take the prince of princes in battle, but he will be broken, though not through human power. This vision is about the 2300 evenings and mornings. This vision about the 2300 evenings and mornings is true, but none of these things will happen for a long time. So keep this vision a secret. Then I was overcome and lay sick for several hours. Wow. Afterwards, I got up and performed my duties for the king, but I was greatly troubled by the vision and could not understand it. Okay, pause. I think it's kind of interesting. They talk about the period of time, 2300. And I think it's interesting also that he did not understand the vision. A lot of times we might not understand what it is that God is showing us or revealing to us until the actual time comes 2300 from my understanding is about equivalent about six and a half years or six and a third years and we believe the prophecy of that vision was fulfilled before the birth of Jesus Christ during the reign of Seleucid King Antiochus I'm not sure how to pronounce this the fourth where he desecrated the temple in Jerusalem and severely persecuted the Jews from about September 171 BC to December 165 BC so we understand that in that way that prophecy actually was fulfilled. Just keep in mind as you go through your day, whatever it is that God may be showing you that sometimes it takes longer and sometimes he doesn't give an immediate understanding or revelation of what it is. However, if it is from God and it was words that he spoke to you, just keep it in your heart knowing that God is going to fulfill that promise, whether it be uh, sooner or later. Daniel chapter 9, Daniel's prayer for his people. It was the first year of the reign of Darius the Mede, the son of Ahasuerus, who became king of the Babylonians. During the first year of his reign, I, David, learned from the reading of the word of the Lord as revealed to Jeremiah the prophet that Jerusalem must lie desolate for 70 years. So I turned to the Lord and pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. I also wore rough burlap and sprinkled myself with ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, O Lord, you are a great and awesome God. You always fulfill your covenant and keep your promises of unfailing love to those who love you and obey your commands. But we have sinned and done 
done wrong. We have rebelled against you and scorned your commands and regulations. We have refused to listen to your servants, the prophets, who spoke on your authority to the king and princes and ancestors and to all the people of the land. Lord, you are in the right. But as you see, our faces are covered with shame. This is true of all of us, including the people of Judah and Jerusalem and all Israel scattered near and far wherever you have driven us because of our disloyalty to you. Oh Lord, we and our king, princes and ancestors are covered with shame because we have sinned against you. Verse number nine, but the Lord, our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed your law, our God, for we have not followed the instructions he gave us through his prophets. All Israel has disobeyed your instruction and turned away, refusing to listen to your voice. So now the solemn curses and judgments written in the law of Moses, the servant of God has been poured down onto us because of our sin. You have kept your word and and done to us in our rulers exactly as you warned. Never has there been such a disaster as happened in Jerusalem. Every curse written against us in the law of Moses has come true. Yet we have refused to seek mercy from the Lord our God by turning from our sins and recognizing his truth. Therefore, the Lord has brought upon us disaster. Be prepared. The Lord our God was right to do all of these things for we did not obey him. All right, pause. Listen, I just want to say real quick. I know sometimes we do things that are out of God's will. We all do. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? Romans 3.23. But the thing is, we are to go back and get right with God. And in this way, Daniel is going back and getting right with God on behalf of himself and behalf of a nation as he knows that God is a merciful God. And I just want to remind you that even if you feel as though you're not, or even if you know that you're not doing what is pleasing in his sight, to just go ahead and turn away from them, turn away from that sin. In other words, repent, right? And just allow God to know that you are changing and that you want to do right by him. It's nothing wrong with that. He's a merciful God. He's a loving God and he cares about the things that concern you. All right, let's go. Oh Lord, our God, you brought lasting honor to your name by rescuing your people from Egypt in the great display of power. But we have sinned and are all full of wickedness. In view of all your faithful mercies, Lord, please turn your furious anger away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain. All the neighboring cities mock Jerusalem and your people because of our sins and the sins of our ancestors. Wow. I think that's important just to kind of think about. I was just talking to a friend the other day and we were talking about generational sins and the things that children learn from adults so they keep doing it and it just becomes a pattern in our lives and a pattern even in the generations and how we can always be the one to stand in the gap on behalf of our family and go back to God and just be like, God, we're sorry. Please forgive us. Break this curse off of our life. Break these chains off of our life. Break this thing off of our life that we will be right in your sight. Because even the Bible talks about how our righteousness is as filthy rags in his sight, but it's because of Christ that we can come back to him and he can cleanse us of all unrighteousness. All right, so let's go. Verse number 17. Our God, hear your servant's prayer. Listen as I plead for your own sake. Lord, smile again on your desolate sanctuary. Oh my God, lean down and listen to me. Open your eyes and see our despair. See how your city that bears your name lies in ruins. We make this plea, not because we deserve help, but because of your mercy. Oh Lord, hear. Oh Lord, forgive. Oh Lord, listen and act for your own sake. Do not delay. Oh my God, for your people and your city bear your name. Wow. Just give all 
of it back to God. Uh, verse number 20, Gabriel's message about the anointed one. I went on praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, pleading with the Lord my God for Jerusalem, his holy mountain. As I was praying, Gabriel, whom I'd seen in an earlier vision, came swiftly to me at the time of the evening. He explained to me, Daniel, I have come here to give you insight and understanding. The moment you began praying, a command was given, and now I am here to tell you what it was, for you are very precious to God. Listen carefully so that you can understand the meaning of your vision. A period of 70 sets of seven has been decreed in your people in your holy city to finish their rebellion, to put an end to their sin, to atone for their guilt, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to confirm the prophetic vision and to anoint the most holy place. Now listen and understand seven sets of seven plus 72 sets of seven will come past from the time the command is given to rebuild Jerusalem until a ruler, the anointed one comes. Jerusalem will be rebuilt in streets and strong defense fences despite the perilous times. Verse number 26. After this period of 62 sets of seven, the anointed one will be killed, appearing to have accomplished nothing, and a ruler will arise whose armies will destroy the city and the temple. The end will come with a flood, and war and its miseries are decreed from that time to the very end. The ruler will make a treaty with the people for a time period, for a period of one set of seven. But after after half this time, he will put an end to the sacrifices and offerings, and as a climax to all his terrible deeds, he will set up a sacrilegious object that will cause desecration until the fate decreed for the defiler finally poured out on him. Wow. These three scriptures are pretty strong. A lot of it, I believe, talks about warfare, talks about how Jesus is coming back, and talks about how that we serve a merciful God who, even though we have sinned, he cares enough to be the one to break that stronghold and be in just kind of promises that even though we don't see it right away, that he is going to be the one to come through and make provision for us so that we can be reconciled with God again. And so I think that's important to remember. Remember, a lot of times in our walk in Christianity, we may believe we're not worthy of being where God is. And the truth of the matter is we're not worthy, but because of the grace of God, we're able to come back to him and he'll bring his favor. He'll bring his love. He'll bring his compassion. He'll bring his help in a present time of need. So just keep this in mind as we continue to go through this fast. And I decree that you will have a prosperous fast. Your fast will uh, bring blessings upon blessings as you are able able to draw closer to the Lord in this time. So let's take these scripture readings and apply it to our everyday lives. You can do it. Father, I thank you for these men and women of God. I thank you, God, that what you've started in their lives, you were faithful to complete. Thank you, God, that in this day, the things that you've placed in their heart, the visions that you may have shown them, those dreams that they have, God, whether it be dreams of their sleep, whether it be dreams, Lord God, of insight or dreams they inspire to be, we pray, Lord God, that you would just show yourself favorable upon their life, that you would bring revelation to what what it is that you want them to do in this day, that as they go forth, God, fasting and praying and decreeing your word, that you will show yourself strong, God, that you are not a God that forsakes us, nor will you leave us. Thank you, God, that in this day, your strength will be a part of our lives. I thank you, God, for your mercy that endures forever, just as your kingdom does. And Lord, I thank you even now that you are giving them strength upon strength to move forward and pursue the things you've called them to do. And we declare it to be so. In Jesus name, we pray. Amen and amen. Man. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to like, subscribe, or follow for more upcoming content. You can
can find Refined Nation Station on any podcast platform where you listen to your audio podcast. Also, if you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, now is always a good time. Romans 10 and 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And as always, Jesus loves you. And guess what? I do too. Be blessed. Be blessed.